Hey, it's Tierney, and you're listening to my podcast, Tierney Talks. This episode is all about Britney Spears. In response to the new New York Times documentary, Framing Britney, streaming now on FX and Hulu. So, this was a Zoom panel that we unexpectedly recorded for the podcast and the guests include Nico Karamian, former guest of the show. Listen back if you haven't heard it. Nico is an amazing actor and artist, one of my oldest friends and somebody who I completely bonded with over Britney. Oh, we also have Katrina Kemp, actor, dancer, and the number one little person fan of pop culture. Katrina is a movement. What she contributes to this conversation is extremely priceless, precious, and personal. We also have Saturn, an incredibly talented non-binary pop star, songwriter, dancer, star of the solar system, and until recently, a closet Britney legal analyst. Um, but that door has swung open. This conversation is totally for Godney, free Britney. If you are not interested in the cultural dialogue around Britney, I wouldn't say this is the episode for you. Come again soon. And as a little treat, I will suggest what to watch once you've watched the Brit film. I would say the perfect pairing for your very own film festival isn't the Paris talk, which I did enjoy, but another celebrity mouthpiece approach to quote documentaries, more like advertising. Um, The real Tierney Talk sanctioned film festival for Framing Britney The other participant is Tiger, the two-part doc on HBO about Tiger Woods. I absolutely love its portrayal of the machinery and manipulation of paparazzi, tabloid media, National Enquirer. Um, In the conversation about Britney, I think it does come off that I'm pro-paparazzi, which is a fallacy, but I just have a really human approach to understanding the motivations of paparazzi as individuals, and I think we so often demonize these individual people. Like, yes, it's disgusting that groups of men hunt and hound celebrities and stars and favorites, and I definitely recognize the extreme violations and safety issues that have arisen because of paparazzi culture. I just think so often we treat them like the bad guys and don't hold the owners of all of these like shows and magazines and networks and media brands as accountable because they're off in their suits and their offices and they're not the ones on the ground doing the damage but they are the ones putting the value or are we the ones putting the value because we look at it who knows anyway i'm sure none of you are going to be offended by my pap love um 
Okay, yeah, and the sound quality isn't quite as good as usual, but believe me, the quality of the content is well worth it. Okay, enjoy. Write me if you like what you hear. And if you don't, thank you. Bye. <laughs> Someone said, are you charging for this Zoom? <laughs> yes, uh, Venmo Saturn. <laughs> kidding. It's, um, it's free. It's free. <laughs> they Welcome, Benjamin Brown. Woo! Hi. It's Ezra Woods' yes. birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, baby. <laughs> We're so happy you're here on your birthday, honey bun. I hope you have so much luck and love this year and that you make one of your gorgeous floral arrays for yourself. Um, Benny, will you turn your camera off for now? And then you're going to be invited to turn it back on later. But you do look amazing. So thanks for giving us a peek. We love peek. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! These are the panelists, everybody. Hey, hello. What's oh my good? God. Um, shall I introduce everybody? I might as well, huh? Yeah. Uh, Ezra said that he's celebrating his birthday in a fancy hotel room with his love, Michael, and he's in heaven watching the Zoom with us. Hi, Ezra. Happy birthday. Love to you in the sweet life. So, we have Nico the Icon, artist, actor, sacred healer, photographer, somebody who I truly bonded with in school, like uh, 20, like 17, 15 years ago. 70 years ago. <laughs> We've been pretty Spears fans for 70 years together. True. Um, it's so good to have you here. Pop culture. Thank artist. you for having me. Katrina Thank you Kemp. so much. Pat Kemp is yes. Hello. So lucky to go to school with. Thank you for being here. An amazing actor, dancer, performer. Short, um, like shortlist for the best. What did you say? Short. The internet's. Um, I say the number one little person fan of pop culture. Yes, that is, is my trademark. <laughs> That's the darn tall of it. And you're in an amazingly blackout kind of themed. All of you are giving a sonic and visual textured space in honor of Brittany that I really appreciate. Now we have Saturn. Saturn is an amazing pop star. Britney fan, dancer, singer, writer. I mean, these are the pop culture correspondence of my dreams, and that's why you're all here. I come to speak, but I mostly come to listen because I love all of you so much, and mostly I love to hear what you have to say about Britney. Yeah, <laughs> so much to say. Because we just can't stop. <laughs> I don't, I've never tried, but if I did, I know it wouldn't be possible. Right. I had to pause. Like, have I ever tried that? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> What's that like? <laughs> I think we're all in LA right now for a sense of that. It's true. We're in the land of Britney. Um, I want to begin. I'm going to be a little like formal moderator at first, and then it can just 
go seamlessly from there interweaving as our impulses um see fit i'm gonna make sure i'm not keeping anybody else from joining the room um i wanted to begin if maybe each of you could take just a couple minutes to give i know we've all seen framing britney at this point or at least thought a lot about it um Let's begin with Saturn and kind of work our way through the four of us giving, how did you feel? What did it make you feel? And is there anything else in terms of like general first impressions you want to begin with? I felt vindicated after all of my years of 4 a.m. convincing people that Britney was a performance artist that her dancing poorly and all these things, these outrageous things were her forms of protest. And while the documentary didn't really give full insight to that, I think it got people's brains turning like, wait, wait, is this, wait, what does she mean by like everything now starting to, like I was on Twitter today and so many regular people like Vanessa Carlton is retweeting stuff being like, wait, listen to this, listen to this, listen to this. And I'm like, Finally, the floodgates have opened. Like I used to put my friends through something called Britney class where they would sit and like watch all the YouTube videos that I've saved of like that give proof to what we now are watching framing Britney, you know? So I'm happy to see it, um, to see the campaign towards freedom start. We're in Britney class. We're all enrolled. <laughs> Amen. Uh... Um, I was crying, like, within the first three minutes. Same thing. I instantly felt like, because I know you and I, Tierney, spoke a little bit about how I was, like, I was a little bit skeptical because they did give it such a weird time slot, like, on a Friday at the end of the night. And, um, I'm always fascinated, like, about how, what they think, you know, people are going to be staying home doing and, like, why they're going to play something at that time. And so I thought, oh, like, maybe it's a, you know, just part of the conspiracy. They don't want that many people to see it, or they're trying to title it this New York Times Presents. What even is this? And, like, within the first three minutes, I instantly saw that there was going to be something different about this the first time it was going to be a different angle from looking at this story. And instead of putting the entire burden of everything that has happened and everyone who, even her fans who have been, you know, overcome by her story, like this is going to be the first time that it's told like where every, everyone who is a part of it and has been, enabling it to go on and go on is it's finally going to sort of come to light and be put in such a way that ha it has enough evidence and it doesn't sound like, you know, a 4 a.m. QAnon session, like, you know. <laughs> because I've been there, too. Yeah. And and um i i was overwhelmed and i guess i was crying because it was like wow for the first time like everybody is going to be held accountable for how they spoke about this subject when they didn't know squat about it right 
talking about. Nika? You're on mute, baby. Liberate your sound. Oh, Nico, you're <laughs> muted. You're overprotected. Hello. Uh, They're censoring me. You guys, Jamie's <laughs> Jamie's in here. Censoring me. <laughs> um, my baby's gonna get so rich she's gonna buy me a boat. <laughs> That's all I'll say about Jamie. <laughs> I was feeling so many things and still am like. And I'm just so grateful that we're holding this space to express these things right now. Thank you, Tierney Talk. Thank you, fellow panelists. I'm kind of speechless after watching that because I've been following it for so long and watching all the like fan made documentaries I could find on YouTube, you know, with all the evidence and all these things. and. I don't know. I don't know what to think. Let's get into it. Let's get in. For me, I, um, yeah, it was definitely surprising. Sorry, I'm just letting someone else in. Um, it was surprising to see it laid out so clearly because despite the way it was marketed, like when the news of that documentary was dropping or like the press around it, I felt it was too good to be true in many respects. Yeah, it was such a surprise when you told me about it. And um, it's like, yeah, like as mentioned, there's many... Um, conspiracy theories around pop culture with a lot less legs that I might believe in, but I still know are a bit more of a stretch or more intuitive, but less proven, et cetera. And with this, it was like such a, a success in creating a strong framework for the general public to truly understand like where Britney's coming from and like where she's stuck in basically. And for me, it instantly brought up my experiences um, seeing Britney live because I've seen her live twice. And I realized because of the documentary, although I was, although I've been interested in like her lack of freedom and lifestyle under conservatorship, it didn't, it took the documentary for me to actually like recognize that both times I've seen her live have been during the conservatorship. And it kind of in a way it just made me feel really sad and bad that like I was obviously there like all the other fans to support her but to understand the um, situation she was in amid those performances it just colored them in a really new light especially because I will admit both times I was like quite critical I didn't have that insight that Saturn shared of the performance as protest and mm -hmm. it makes so much sense because at times I would feel like in Vegas I was like yeah I can tell who's Britney because she's the one on stage not moving <laughs> and we know Britney can dance so, <laughs> um, uh -huh. yeah it kind of opened my heart to revisiting those experiences with new perspective yes yeah and I'll can I add on that I love how you're saying it colored everything in a new light and they really did in all ways, not just the conservatorship, but her as an artist too. Like 
it really gave me a deeper reverence for her creativity and she really is this like otherworldly artist that's kind of underrated because she's always portrayed as a bimbo and you know think about like, this like blackout is the only album that she has executive production on and it was released at the end of 2007 like post head shave before 5150 and she literally her only like um her only promotion was to call in to ryan seacrest and the minute he asked about her kids she went to take a shower and her manager gets on the phone and goes yeah she got in the shower and ryan was like is that all she wants to talk about they were like yeah i was like this bad bitch just dropped like the album of i mean like she invented every pop star we like now with that album right and she was like yeah here's some songs i was working on by <laughs> like icon like the just the level of taste that she's always had and even the level of performance even within media because the mm -hmm. reason why britney is alive now because she's been performing in media these like at home videos are performances that were like do you think do you think something's wrong with me you do look into my court case <laughs> what's going on you guys what's going on oh my god you think i'm crazy look at look at me I'm gonna dance really weird today, and then I want you guys to think about that. Like it was all attention grab, and I'm like, this girl is so genius. It's like, it's just it it, it blows my mind. Yeah, I feel like it was really exciting how they established her agency. It was so important to do that in a narrative sense in the first half to understand mm -hmm. the severity of the loss of agency because it's so mm -hmm. easy for i guess even some fans of britney but for culture at large to assume she's just like this capitalist cog in the pop machine yeah. and in the documentary we see at various moments the way that she as you're mentioning called the shots executive producing one of her most if not the most essential and beloved album but then also in terms of the dancing and the choreography and like just how quickly that narrative turned as to like as if her having being under this conservatorship actually didn't change much because all she does is show up anyway that's a really ugly rewriting of her creative history right which is why the performing as a protest is so the only thing she can do because she's like if you remember me for one thing you remember my shows. You remember me for killing MTV VMAs. Mm -hmm. I ain't killing Y'all can put as much makeup as you want. As soon as you're done, I'm gonna put the black eye makeup on. And when I do have on the cute makeup, I'm gonna stand on stage. Matter of fact, I'm gonna let the pill hit because daddy told me I have to take my pill. So I took it and now I'm standing. Right. You know, like that. It's so, it's like, oh, you want me to be pretty? Watch this. Like, it's such a rebellion. And I'm like, actually, shout out rebellion. Anyone watching, go listen to her unreleased song called Rebellion. It's incredible. Whoa. I never heard Whoa. it. <laughs> um, and another thing I want to add is what that documentary, um, I think, still wasn't able to fully delve into was how... I, I'm, everyone knows how famous Britney Spears was and is now, but like how truly she sucked all of pop culture from every single side of mainstream pop culture to the point she was 
at that Michael Jackson point of fame mm-hmm. here in Los Angeles anyway. Mm-hmm. At the center. And yeah. and at that point in time, you know, we had the rise of internet capability on our phones. And I re- remember being one of the first people to have push notifications sent to me from Twitter. And this was around the time, um, you know, data rates may apply. And I would get live celebrity sighting updates consistently to my phone. And so this was a pre-head shave everything. And it was like a thing where, you know, my friends and I would drop everything, like being bored and from the valley, like we grew up here, we knew every inch of the city, we could just drop everything and go drive and see her like in person. And at this time, she would just be driving up and down Ventura Boulevard. And uh, she, you know, moved to an area in Hollywood, um, the summit, so that she could easily go down into town, which, you know, in her head, she's just seeing her own life. She's not seeing how fast technology is shaping itself around making money around her and seeing her at that time, you know. She's having two kids. She's trying to make shit work with Kevin and he's living in the Valley. And so she had this perfect place that she could live where she could go drive into Hollywood, see her friends, drive into Tarzana, see her man. Like it was like a two way thing that she had going and you could (laughs) see her on her way and she would be still trying to live a normal life. Mm -hmm. And no one really understands how it became so out of control that you physically couldn't go places in your own neighborhood. Like you couldn't get sleep because the police would be everywhere. Helicopters would be surrounding the apartment. Like the morning uh, of the head shave debacle, she, which at the time I thought was the most punk rock thing I had ever seen in my god-given life and it was it was because it was like (laughs) truly like chilling the footage oh it and she did it one block away from my childhood home wow so when i woke up in the morning and the streets are blocked off and you can't sleep because five seven helicopters are fluttering around like no one truly understands that because of the level of fame people allowed to happen for such like heinous reasons other than the true thing that was going on which was the art it was blackout being made it was you know all these other things that she was capable of showing and doing or like giving her time to figure shit out with family or whatever no one really realizes like that day alone changed laws of our city like it, it changed zoning laws. It changed paparazzi legalities. It changed the way movies and music and television was like consumed through a law standpoint. Like how many police are needed? Like at a certain point, it got to where the police were telling her to stay home, not saying stop fucking following her, mm-hmm. you know? And and how many people and how many paparazzi I did talk to at the time and who would text us and be like, oh, 
you know, she's going to be over here or whatever. And like how many people moved to Los Angeles at that time to be a part of that lifestyle and, and to take pictures and pretend they were her and Paris and Lindsay and, and all this stuff. And it was like really, really ugly the closer and closer you got to it. Yeah. Um, have you watched the David Letterman, Kim Kardashian interview? In it, she says that during that time, she would look in the press and see where Britney was. Yeah. And go to that hotel. And she would wait for Britney to leave. And then she would walk out behind Britney like five minutes because the paparazzi would still be there. And yeah. she would get mm-hmm. a headlock that said, Kim Kardashian meets has dinner with Britney Spears. Yeah. I, I <laughs> easily verged on that like stand level where I, I, I've always, like I say, I'm the number one little person fan of pop culture. And I'll never, ever say I am the number one fan of Britney Spears because I, well, first of all, Saturn, your Zoom meeting the other day, you mentioning (laughs) knowing every single lyric and Mm -hmm. every, like your whole take on what you said of someone who, like you sounded like someone who's like a good friend of hers who can vouch for her. And that's always how I've felt about her since I was a little mm-hmm. kid and she inspired me to get into the entertainment industry at like seven, you know? Yeah. So it was crazy. Like that I've always just been obsessed with the visceral reaction of it all and the going to see her and the hysteria around it was so insane because like you could just see a normal funny person there and everybody else throwing these titles and perceptions on her standing around or using her Mm -hmm. and i just always thought oh my god i wish you know it sounds psychotic but like i wish i could sit her down and tell her you have a true friend in me (laughs) and you know or something because she had so many people who were not treating her like that. Never has, never understood what a friend was. I mean, I was, I don't know who I said it to, but I was like, Sam Lifty is Britney's only adult friend. Like the only friend that she made as an adult. And at the end of the day, he's not the worst person. Her you know, like that was the only person that she met as an adult and like let into her life. And I think she was so complicit in wanting to ruin her image that she was like, come on in. You know? I hate how that, sorry. I hate how that attributed to the direct order of the conservatorship because it was really emphasized that she was unable to gauge who to let into her life, which is just clearly a huge, violent irony given that her parents or her father who took that agency away from her was actually the kind of villain in the situation more so than fucking Sam Lefty, you know? Right. And isn't our parents how we learn how to engage other people? So if Brittany can only find a Kevin, a Sam, uh, all these horrible men, why do you think that's her perception of what love looks like to her dad? You know, like you're the, you're the, you're the prototype of Brittany's pursuit of men in her life. I have a question for everybody, which is what moment in the film enraged you the most? What gave you feelings of anger or that um, spirit of defensiveness more so than other moments? I think Saturn said it the other day on that Zoom, which was 
the very end, that woman, that lawyer, maybe in Lee, mm-hmm. who's like mm-hmm. still so lost in her own hustle and her only way of knowing how to make a dollar that she knows that with her own er- words, she's advocating against the very thing that the documentary is trying to shed light on. Um, and how many people, I guess how angrily I felt at how powerless, like if this is happening to a mega star, how, think of all of the other people who are now latching on to the Free Britney movement because they're trying to say, look, if it's happening to this beautiful, rich megastar, how many people is conservatorship abuse happening to that literally have zero voice, can't even have an Instagram, can't even have a phone, can't, you know, can't show up to a court with a picket sign or, you know. Who do you think is doing her Instagram? Who posts? Okay. Posts? I think Britney Post, I really do. But I think that there's a team of people who don't, you know, like the, I mean, damn, I can say her name now. You know, I, I couldn't say her name for a while because I know her, but Lou Taylor. I think uh, Lou Taylor's team, who is Britney's, was Britney's man- uh, business management and still kind of has dealings. But I think they're able to look, because remember back in the day when Britney would post and it would be deleted and they would come back up like 30 minutes later with like a variation of the caption? A moderator. Think, yeah, and I think that let me know, oh, she is posting, but then they have to, and that's why she talks in code, because she's like, they're pretty dumb. They don't really know what I'm saying. Only my mm-hmm. friends will get this kind of stuff. They'll, this, like in, like in her team's mind, it's like, oh, good. She's posting this shit that makes her look crazy. That helps us. And she's like, you're so stupid. Like, my fans are reading between the lines now, you know? So I think she does post. Like today, although today I was like, girl, you're getting too cocky. Like when she was like, the event everyone was waiting for. Last so, week. <laughs> last week. I'm like, <laughs> like girl, you're cool. getting cocky. And I say this lovingly, but while looking like shit, basically. Like I feel like that's part <laughs> of the whole uh, brand rebellion too, you know? It, it, I mean, remember in, okay, um, Miley's episode of Black Mirror? Yeah, yes. you mean Britney's first documentary. Uh-huh. <laughs> the, writer, the, the, the writer said it's based on Britney, but you know that scene when like they're like, "Come on out, like come out of the room, come out of the room," and she's just like smearing black eyeliner around her eyes. Oh my god, that's how Britney looks. Yeah, that's what Britney does. Britney's like, but I I refuse to look innocent, cute, put together, any okay. of those words. I refuse to look okay. Sometimes I feel like they let her make the content, and then. It gets like banked. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I don't know. Like that's just not a fantasy, but a fear where it's almost like you don't know exactly when. Um, it might like you know the directness or the um, immediacy of like me posting and knowing that people are engaging with what I just said right away. Like I'm sure if not all the time that has been somehow played with to further dissociate her from um, her community. Yeah, yeah. Especially early last year or early, yeah. early 2019 when she got out of the mental hospital or the wellness center. <laughs> I think that was totally, um, 
You know, when she did that video where she's like, I just wanted to tell everyone, all is well. And I was like, oh, it's clearly not well. And the voice. <laughs> like, the voice. Okay, okay. This is a part in the documentary that I was so, this is how, uh, I was so happy that they posted this. You know, when she's like, I'm keen on freedom. I want, I like to, you know, um, travel. I like to do these things. That's the only video in the last three years on her Instagram where she with has her voice. With her voice. Yeah. And she had to hide that video behind a picture of a book because mm -hmm. she didn't want her team to really see it. But everything else is a part of the like, my dad's taking care of me. Look how I'm acting. This is what me, him helping me looks like. Did you yeah. guys watch the, the Paris Hilton documentary, the new one? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think it is a bit of that where she is, she has the ability and the, to speak out and, and has now had the, the inner reflection to be able to admit that her character, Paris Hilton, which if you think about it, is a genius, long form improv character. Yeah. The which goal they, which is to be the is. richest, the looking, mm -hmm. talking. The goal is to be the prettiest in the room, always. Like mm -hmm. that that goal. But but having the grace of a star, you know, a starlet, a Hollywood starlet, and and a princess, an heiress. And that is a character that she's able to stick to long form. Britney's because we don't know really what her true, you know, if, if she had the ability like Cardi B, for example, to just sit there and talk on Insta Live, like imagine the shit we would hear her musing about from day wow. to day and then tomorrow be like, oh, I said that, ha ha ha, you know, whatever. But she, how many people around her are able to actually like, like Paris dissect that. Now when you hear Paris in an interview, she has a normal voice halfway through it, and then sometimes she reacts with her her Paris character. Mm -hmm. So she's already being open about how she's trying to be more herself and and come out of that that dreamlike state. Like, like for example, even when she falls off of that horse in that infamous clip of her in like mm -hmm. simple life, mm -hmm. she instead of being a real like you know, her real self, she still realizes, oh shit, like cameras are rushing toward me. She's still, oh, it went too fast. She's like, <laughs> oh, the horse. Oh. Like, you know, that's not Paris Hilton. And I know that because again, like I met her in real life. That's not how she speaks. Yeah. That's, you're not going to get all of your work done and become a conglomerate that you are by walking your whole life that way like we have seen the real britney though we've that's why we yeah. like, like chaotic <laughs> like mm -hmm. when, she, when she's sitting there and she's like yes oh, she's like y'all look these look like my boobs but they're my <laughs> boobs <laughs> yeah like, you know we know how that girl's brain goes like we know that she's like goofy and all these things and even when she was perfect britney she was never like hey i'm Britney spears like she's like hey y'all i'm britney and today we're gonna watch da -da -da, you know like are you watching me on this channel like she was always this chill like sexy on stage but chill girl next door off stage mm -hmm. yeah but now she's like 
I'm a robot, because that's what they want, right? They want to be a robot. So today we're going to talk about, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also relatable. I mean, everybody in the world modulates themselves in response to being seen by other people. So I feel like Brittany or Paris may have experienced that in these massive and completely De- like deep levels but I feel like I've experienced that because every fucking woman is supposed to, you know and then if you're a woman or you want to be more feminine presenting you're expected to like you know if Paris Hilton used her real voice to become famous everyone would be like Paris Hilton's a man like Sierra and <laughs> Nicole I also feel like something that I'm not really an expert on but comes up for me is Britney's no stranger to like putting on a variety of voices because isn't part of her we all make fun of like you know the recent releases of her albums containing basically zero traces of her own voice but didn't she fuck up her voice because she was forced to not use her real singing voice in the beginning Mm -hmm. that vocal fry Mm -hmm. baby voice has scarred her vocal cords essentially Mm-hmm. And in order to be a good singer, you have to do the opposite of vocal fry. You know, Open. you have to constantly be exercising on keeping your muscles as open and hydrated as possible. Mm-hmm. So over time, like, I know that there are bits of music out there that she did sing from her normal voice. And I, I, I can't remember them off the top of my head, but. Um, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it makes sense though, that that signature Britney voice is something that people would consistently go back for. And it is sort of that, that character, that artists and, you know, uh, queer culture, like where they sort of meet and the reasons why we do love people like Anna Nicole Smith, for example, like, why is she such a, mm-hmm a diva to our community is because we know she's she's playing this person over here and she's making her money like over here and then she's a real ass bitch like in this other way so it's like everyone knows or like who has had to go through like hiding or suppressing a, a part of themselves knows that we have to be presenting in a certain way to get things done or be taken seriously but then when we're with our friends we're on the dance floor. It's a different life, you know? Right. But I definitely want to stress that I believe that Britney's is a part, is what we see now is totally a performance for the conservatorship and, yeah. to, tra- and to trap the people who are taking care of her mm. by having this negative image. Like, I'm waiting for the day when she's in court where she's like, look at this paper, look at this paper, look at this paper. All these things say bad things about me. I was high here from pills my dad gave me. I was high here from pills my dad gave me. I was high here. You know what I mean? Because I think she's, I, I think she's been taking notes the whole time. I always tell people, I'm like, Brittany has like a pillow that opens and it has like states <laughs> and receipts. Uh-huh. Every time Jamie's like coming down the hall, she's like, hi, daddy. People don't, people don't take into consideration that she is someone who grew up with technology also and being one of the richest women on her own, she, yeah. no matter what, is going to have access to know, like, how the internet works or how to set up computer programs and, and stuff like that. And she, I know for a fact, she still 
creates secret Facebooks mm-hmm. and reaches out to people like even mm-hmm. people I've known since b- before the head shaving incident. Can you link me? <laughs> Girl. This is my in. <laughs> Turn your VPN on and um, <laughs> she's on signal. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know that she still reaches out to people to be like, hey, how are you? Like, and she, but it's only oh. in every other like you know six month increments where she's obviously able to hide away somewhere and maybe she's doing it from sam's phone or something i don't know but she has burners she gets in trouble right. with burners like right. like court things like britney had a burner phone <laughs> like report yeah. oh okay yeah wow it's crazy i do yeah. think salient what you're saying katrina about the you know inside outside voice thing like definitely this this freaky voice the freakiest of them all is clearly like a protest as saturn's emphasizing and then there's also that quality of like you know the vocal fry or the baby voice of the smooth sexy polished chill girl that performance of a voice is extremely appealing and extremely alluring and it served its purpose and then you know this the other voice won her star search or you know what i mean um (laughs) and i was hearing that it was you know like or the internet will say that that was all to differentiate her from christina aguilera who where's her comment where's her She's she's still talking shit about her. She made money off of that rivalry, though. She still makes money off of that rivalry, you know? She's desperate to bring up Britney's name. But it's, yeah, because it's like, I mean, I always think about Christina in the way of, like, it's almost empathy, but I'm like, baby, the industry is not about... um, The industry is not about, like, the best singer it's the best entertainer right so imagine being hailed as like this great singer and this girl who's doing like vocal fry but has like the best personality and the best performer is getting ahead of you so she's always it's like deep-seated you know Mm. it's really also christina doesn't treat and hasn't treated her fans the same way britney has exactly for years i've literally like of the times i've seen britney in my life one of them was beside a soda machine and she just straight up was like, hey, how are you? Like, dot com mm-hmm. was just super chill about it. But how many compilations do we have of Christina throwing a piece of gum at her, like the pit of her concert? Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, just, I don't know. I also, I, I know people who've worked with Christina, like on different movies, and, and they just say she she thought she was a bigger diva they thought that she was a bigger diva than Cher at one point and was just treating the whole crew like trash and, you know. That's no offense for Christina fans out there. It's just... There aren't any here. Usually when you're trying to blame someone else for why you're not better than them, it's yeah. because you're not. Katrina, <laughs> let's run back those other encounters with Brittany because I remember when I moved to college... My aunt texted me like the first fucking day I left the valley being like, I just saw Brittany and, and I was like, this, you know, was my life mission. How come it happened the day I'm not here? Yeah. You know, she used to hang out at the Ralph's all the time in Laurel Canyon, (laughs) on Laurel Canyon and Ventura. They now put up all those like FBI, like facial recognition things as of the pandemic. 
<laughs> but there was a time where it was like basically shut down for you to go to Ralph's because she would be like waiting on a phone call or like <laughs> wanting to be out of the house or like live her fucking life. And She's she would so just cool. chill in the parking lot. And because mm-hmm. once one person finds out, then it's just like, blah, 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 blah. And it was just like an avalanche from there. And she'd be like, fuck, I have to drive away. So she would go to um, Pins Bowling oh or, you God. know, Jerry's Deli. Why and is like, she oh, such a valley girl? She would be like, a girl. <laughs> I straight up, I, I'm going to redact names from this. And I don't, yes, I'm just going to say that this person sold illicit things in the 90s. This mm-hmm. person that I know. Uh-huh. And they would tell me stories. I, I fully, I believe this person because I, I know their, their history now. This person used to hang out at a club that, uh, it, it's a very strange building. It's on Ventura Boulevard in Studio City. And it looks closed down basically for years. And it's sort of near where that like, like strip mall, bed, bath and beyond club is. Club 557 or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It, it's um, <laughs> over by like Marshalls or whatever. Yeah, um, like a little red sign by a hookah bar. It, it was a really weird, like, building. Well, it used to be, like, a pop-in club in the late 90s. It's and, cute. you know, this is a time where I also have a friend who's a popular DJ. His name is Adam Bravin. He was super popular at the time. He later ended up joining um, uh, She Wants Revenge, the band. I don't know if you know that. It's sort of like... Love She Wants Revenge. Okay. <laughs> Adam was a super respected DJ by Britney and like all these other pop stars and boy bands in the 90s. Um, Well, at this time, the the other person who will remain nameless, he told me about how he used to party and hang out with all these people and they would sell stuff to Britney and her best friend, Rick James. (laughs) <laughs> and that Brittany and Rick James would hang out all night wow. on Ventura Boulevard, pre-cell phone, wow. going from club to club to club. And that literally, him telling me that, like, five years ago, validated so much for me. And I was like, I knew she was, she was a world traveler. She hangs out with every type of person. She loves queer people. She isn't a bimbo. Like, none mm-hmm. of those things I ever believed, but it was like that gaslighting of people just being like, mm-hmm. oh, please, she's this. Oh, please. Like, she doesn't all, you know. Yeah. And it was a thing. He was like, yeah, they would. And I, I knew this was unprompted. He was just like, assumed he, this was someone who was trying to, like, you know, just let me know kind of what their life was like at that time and how this was, you know, not even half the real fun stuff was being reported in the National Enquirer or whatever. Right. Um, and so at that time, there's also like an epic story that, that people don't even realize is like this one night in, in the middle of, you know, VMA weekend. And if you're someone who is like sort of a, a stan or any involved in pop culture or like it's your life, you will go out VMA weekend in whatever city you're in 
and you'll see this celebrity and this celebrity and this celebrity. And it's all these people just shopping and moving around the city and everything because they have to be in town for the award ceremony. And um, so we would go out each year and, and go to different events and premiere parties and whatever. Well, obviously, like at this point, I was this was before, like I said, digital cameras and, and all this. And um, this, my friend Adam said that he was DJing all pre-Serato, like this is fully like vinyl. He busts out uh, Britney's newest song at that time, which was like Slave For You on vinyl and busts out an InSync album at the same time. It, because he got a tip from them that Britney was coming to the club. So wow. she came, VMA weekend, she gets on the dance floor and brings all her dancers. And like she and Justin had like just broken up at this time. Mm-hmm. And so he gets on, she gets on the dance floor and she's like single Britney. She's like going crazy, he says, and brings out all her dancers. JT and his dancers catch wind of it. They come over to the same club to try and, you know, clout chase, I'm sure. And, um, cause he, <sighs> I still really think he rode the coattails of that whole like narrative about them yeah. breaking up and all that. But she, um, they legit had a fucking dance battle to a mashup of his song and her song mm. in the middle of the dance floor, her dancers versus his dancers. And in the middle of it, Christina Aguilera showed up, hearing they were there, walked up to Adam at the DJ booth and said, I need you to drop dirty right the fuck now. Dropped dirty. And then apparently, according to the audience, Christina won the dance battle because of like the amount of insanity that like landed into that moment. That must have been fun. Because she was riding that energetic wave created by the others. Right. Britney, like, she created a career for so many people. Like, so many people, it would, like, love Avril's voice, but her whole come in was, like, I'm not Britney. I'm someone else. And like, Pink. Like, we love now, but Pink was, like, the most toxic female artist in the 2000s. Like, you know what I mean? Like, she was so... I just watched a video of her with a blow-up doll singing Lady Marmalade, and then after her verse, she starts riding the blow-up doll and then she looks at it and goes you're beautiful no matter what they say <laughs> and i was like girl get a career on your own like just shut up and sing like really and i lived that britney was probably like you said britney was just at the club and then everybody else made it a thing mm-hmm. was just chilling just like the kim k thing you said she was just I'm gonna show the- up in a photo behind her like just yeah. like us here today ah! literally uh- I have to say, I have intentionally only alluded to my standum online before free, before this, before framing Britney. I've mm-hmm. never really gone into the details of what I know and the court documents that I read. Right. <laughs> also, just because, like, you know, like some Britney fans follow me, but I don't really want to build a career on Britney's, right. like my Britney knowledge, you know? Right. right. And that's why I kind of like <laughs> around the time that Free Britney was like exploding, a friend of mine who was getting that inside intel from the burner Facebook phone <laughs> was saying, you know, at a certain point, it was getting so overwhelming that 
they're getting wellness calls from the police every day. And so that's, that's taking away the ability of her being able to see her children, which is what this whole journey truly is about. And one of the, one of the biggest, uh, conspiracies was that the whole reason she really shaved her head was that they couldn't test her hair for drugs is one of the things that that has been said and that if she could not see her children like what is the point of life at that if you've just had your children and they've been taken away so i could see someone being pushed to a desperation that could could mean that it could mean that she just wanted to completely demolish that look of what she was and what everything everyone she thought and uh-huh. um i think it, yeah. yeah any of you see um sean preston's live that one time the snapchat yeah Phil, i love that villain participants that so her son one time got on an instagram live or some kind of live where he was like it was a very rare glimpse inside the family from her son just dishing out random details like a 12-year-old boy would, you know? Like, like Mason. He, and pe- people were in the comments asking all these questions, and he would be like, oh, uh, my grandpa? Yeah, I fucking hate him. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's an asshole. <laughs> I love just love that, that little in- insight that we got. Although I feel for more reasons, obviously, I hate that K-Fit has raised her kids because when a commenter was like, hey, is your mom going to make any music anytime soon? And he was like, man, I was just asking her about that the other day. And she goes, I don't think so, baby. I'm not going to. I don't really like it anymore. And then, and then, and, and then I said to her, you know how much bank you make from that? And I was like. Yeah, he's also like, I'll let you know more information when I get 50,000 more followers. Like, hey, Fitz, child. (laughs) I was like, that or, like, seriously been spending too much time with James Spears, like. No, that's K-Fitz, baby, because K-Fitz also is getting money from Britney. They don't, I'm sure Jamie is not a hands-on grandpa. I'm very sure. I thought, like, he has has a restraining order now for being too hands-on. Right. That's what I thought was, like, in a way, I, I don't know if this is just looking way too into it, but no, in a way, I was like, was that Kevin's way of helping Britney? It was. It was. Okay, yeah. It was. it was him saying, I see what's happening. I'd rather us just go through this custody thing with us, and I don't want your father even seeing them. So maybe mm-hmm. he will change this if even you can't see the kids. As much as I love that and I believe that, I think it's like Britney's like, look, dude, I've done so fucking much for you. You were nothing. I'm like, if I were Britney, like my statement would be like, I was the Dumbo that like let you in my life and I allowed you to give me kids and now I pay you to raise them. The least you can do is help me get my dad away from our kids. Mm-hmm. So, I remember him the like, least. I, the I remember least. going to see Kevin Federline in concert. Why? The night oh Popo Zhao what would you was do released. <laughs> she gave her she gave him that too. And that too. Introducing him at the Teen Choice Awards. He had no business being there. Like if I, I were being be driving around to people's houses collecting what they owe me. Hey, hey, hey. Remember, <laughs> when, remember when? Hey girl, remember when I said your name on a can you please, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and all he did was talk shit and she's such yeah. a warm hearted person. Yeah. She just does that. 
I mean, something that the documentary didn't get into is like the conservatorship was constructed for months. Like Lou Taylor is a like she does this to people. She tried to get Lindsay Lohan into a conservatorship and she helped Amanda Bynes parents get her into one. And she's the one that told Jamie what it was. Jamie didn't know what a conservatorship was. Jamie is an idiot. Like, so uh, before that, um, whoever Kevin's lawyer was, they were working on getting Brittany. Um, they were setting her up in situations to look like an unfit mother. Right. Mm -hmm. Like Kevin, like the minute Brittany filed for divorce, Kevin filed for primary custody mm -hmm. from yeah. day one. And I think a lot of um, the reason why people didn't reach, like help Brittany beforehand, before everything got really bad was because it was like, no, 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 let her cook. She'll give us more than enough reason to take her money. Mm. More yeah. than enough reason. One of you know the, what? yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say what also really upset me is in in that in the documentary is how is her name Diane Sawyer? Yes. Is that who yeah. it was? Oh my gosh. Her whole angle and all the I love how she includes she being Britney. I love how she included all the all those media clips like Jay Leno, all these people who are just so horrible to her all the time and like how they would come at her so crazy and just like just to get a rise out of her and just to keep painting this horrible picture of her but and how it was all okay her. and like they they brought up a point in the film where they're like nobody you know her i think it was her mom or someone said like nobody be. knew how to deal with this there was no one that could be there to right. sort of maybe give like a media, like um, a media training or I don't know what you would call it when people are just harassing you 24 seven. And that's how it, that whole situation changed the whole industry of being a pop star. And mm -hmm. like, I mean, you, you can see it clearly, like even in, in, in the younger pop stars we have today, it's like, all of the precautions that their teams and their parents and the law like went through to make sure nothing like that could happen to that degree again. They've tried mm -hmm. to suppress. But also yeah, that was because I was Sorry, everyone is juicy for this. Like, how could a how could a culture have protected her from the same thing the culture perpetuated? Like. The idea right. of like feminist rhetoric or sex positive rhetoric or body positive rhetoric is like so fucking new in the mainstream media and basically only got popularized because we had a like admitted rapist president. So it's just like through our eyes now, it comes off as completely, you know, insane to use stigmatizing mental health language. But in the, it makes me sad that as kids, none of us would have thought that was weird because. Like, that was just how people spoke about women. You were either a whore or... I, I like, was super uncomfortable when the whole, like, virginity thing came out because I must have been... She was, like, 18 at the time or something, and I was, like, 10 or... No, I must have been 11, like, in sixth grade. And I remember waking up that morning, and it was big enough news that my mom had already heard the radio and was like, Britney Spears lied about being a virgin. And, <laughs> and I was like, like, 
like, what? Like, why would she why lie? Like, and then I remember thinking to myself, even as a kid, like, like, why is she being shit on, like, for this? And, and why would it have to be a lie? And then that, that sort of brought up all these feelings about shame for myself as, like, a preteen. Like, sh- what these thoughts I'm having and, you know, all this stuff. So it, it was really, like, painful to watch. And then, and, and I remember sort of taking a seat back from my fandom for a bit because I was like, I need to reevaluate what's happening here. And later on in my life, when, as I got older in my teens and we were, you know, going to see her driving around the city and all this stuff, like I remember attending, um, it was like a pre party opening for the, for the record documentary for MTV. And this was like right as the conservatorship was now in effect. And we showed up and it was like people waiting in the sun for like eight hours to get in. And we got inside and they seated uh, me and a good friend of mine right up next to her and the interviewer who was like interviewing her about some vapid, it was Britney's top 10 MTV moments. like that she was supposed to sit there and be like, watch herself and like react to. Mm-mm. It was really, it, in it. retrospect, it was dumb. But at the time I was like, oh, she's, she's healthier. She's able to come out. Like she has her, her wig and her tracks in and like, you know, all this stuff, like I thinking, wish. like going into it with a good, you know, feeling about it. All these, all these expectations that she was doing better. And I got there and it was the most depressing Thing I've ever had to sit through live and it truly was an experience that opened my eyes to the entertainment industry and me my own choice of getting how far I, I am and have gone into the entertainment industry with my own career would I ever go to a point where like the way people were like ordering her around and how badly she didn't want to be there and you could see it on her face was exactly like, I don't know if you've seen that South Park episode of her at the VMAs. Were they it truly was that shot of her sitting in the chair with half her head blown off. Yeah. Just being <laughs> talked at and talked at. And at a certain point, Larry Rudolph was just like, Brittany, come here. And she just got up and like, a robot just left mm. and left everyone there. And the interviewer was even like pretending like, Oh, like kill me now. And just saying stuff like this. And then she would show back up and he'd be like, okay. Like it was, it was the strangest thing I've ever seen. And people traveled from overseas to be there. And yeah. I thought like, I don't want to be mad at Brittany for like what all these other people are doing here. But like, I, I again, I had to take a step back for, a year or two and be like the the same thing that this person is saying through the, like this informant that they're like Brittany just like calm the fuck down and let her handle the situation and then we'll talk about it after it's like been if you watch that, if you actually watch that interview it's really funny like I've never enjoyed Brittany for the sake of enjoying her I've never like wanted to see her live I've never wanted to like enjoy her experience because as long as I've been alive it's always been really controversial and I've always connected with the person first 
And I remember watching that document or that moment, that um, show live and everything that she was saying, she was like, and she does this when she's really nervous or angry. She like, so she was just going like this. Mm. And what did you think about, how did you like that performance? She was like, it was pretty cool. Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> and that was her whole response for most of the questions. And like, she might've laughed at one question, like toward the end, but everything else was like. <laughs> it was so horribly edited. And at one point um, we were there like some hours and you know, like how, when you're filming a TV show, there's like an awkward silence in between when they want to take a cut and whatever. Mm -hmm. There's a moment where like a few of us were centered at these like little patio tables right near her. And then behind us were all these bleachers of people on like risers on either side. And just her like in the center being stared at like silently in this huge ass room. Mm. And someone just gets the idea to go, Brittany, I love you. And like genuinely like said it and meant it in this like silence, knowing that she would hear it. And she, it was the only time she genuinely sat up and like in the direction of whoever said it was like, I love you too. And was very normal. She was there, her fans, you know, she'd felt like it seemed like a moment where she was like reconnecting for a moment in the limelight because she was coming out with this documentary and everything. The second she did that, that's when the clout chasers come out. And then it becomes, Brandy, I love you. And, and then everyone exploding and exploding and like screaming over it to her because, oh my gosh, she's given this one person attention. And you just saw her energy instantly close like a clamshell. Mm -hmm. And literally by the end of the taping, she's staring down into her lap, no emotion and people are still screaming, Brittany, I love you. And I'm like, she's literally not even, she's blocking you out. And at a certain point I turned to my friend and I was like, I wanna leave, I wanna leave, like this is too much. Like, it was so painful. Well, it's also like, um, imagine what hearing that means to someone who doesn't know what love feels like, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, you're like, oh, thank you. And then this swarm of it, and it's probably like a trauma response. It's like, oh my God, here's this thing where I'm completely loved, but I'm not allowed to enjoy my life or feel anything. This is fun. Wow, yeah. It's like, oh great, I have kids with like, I mean, yeah. so, many, so many things in her life are like that. It's like, oh great, I have kids, but look what happened. I have to pay their dad to raise them. Like right. everything in her life is a condition. I think that's also why the relationship to her fans being so continuously generous and warm in so many ways is exactly that so generous because mm -hmm. it would be very understandable for Brittany to truly resent all of us who give a shit about her I know she wants the liberation and the support and I loved in the documentary when they reference her fans informed you know opinion and perspective because that was such an extremely validating choice of language 100%. but yeah i think that scenario of like yeah i know you love me <laughs> like, <laughs> but you, wait what's that what's i don't watch drag race for the record but what does it say uh i love you pheromone you don't love me <laughs> like that's yeah. like, <laughs> like i'm sure you wish like you don't even know me uh you love something 
right you love this fucking she rips out a wig you fucking love this picture you love like you know right like, yeah the idea of it Britney deserves to really let us have it I mean not us really because like I mean there's that free Brit there was that um we love you Britney thing this weekend yeah and I thought that was beautiful because so many people have laughed at her I've been the one friend in my like close friend group who's always been like don't say she's crazy because you don't actually know what that means because it's such an easy cheap shot and people be like girl I was just saying something I'm like well don't just say something say something that means you know what I mean like have an informed opinion about what you're referencing but there's also yeah sorry I don't want to cut you off no No, because there's also this moment right now happening where in response to the documentary people are owning their complicitness in Sure. Tabloid culture, but I think in some ways it's a little bit of a ridiculous virtue signaling, just like an opportunity to have an opinion on social media. Because why should mm-hmm. we advocate and amplify the like truthful, like uh, respectability of the way Instagram people present themselves versus the invasiveness? Like as Katrina mentioned earlier, I'm glad that there is Britney's law. There is a personal space bubble. The Kardashians could never be run up on like Britney was and et cetera. So it's not as though I'm advocating for a return to the intense misogynistic culture that we're speaking of with all these interviews and stuff. But I do think it's sort of interesting that like the consumer or the fan is having this like reckoning moment where there's like this popular response of like, I'm so sorry for witnessing your trauma because <sighs> I love Brittany. I've never had anything but respect for Brittany. The most juicy, naughty, quote, horrible, crazy stories that I've heard some from Nico about Brittany I love and cherish those. I don't think we're bad people for want for knowing it because when this character has been, she's literally fucking Elsa or whatever from Frozen, as she says, why wouldn't we want to know every detail of truth about the bitch locked in the castle, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. And some yeah. part I love that. Like there is like, so like a part in the documentary that I really hated, you mentioned this, you asked this earlier, Tony, was when the paparazzi was like, no, she liked it. And I was like, right. Oh. Yeah, that's what I wanted to get at. I remember that part. I was like, can we look up his R-word charges or his, like, assault charges? Because, like, you seem to not have, you seem to not know what yes or no means. Right. But but I will give Brittany this. We have to admit, she dated Adnan and Felipe. Felipe was a really good friend of hers, and he was a paparazzi. There's so many cute pictures of them together, her, like, him in the front seat of her car with his camera. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like she there, there were times where you would go out and hang out with paparazzi and then they'd be like, okay, bye, like, see you later, because, you know, we had school in the morning or whatever. And then you'd wake up the next day and it would be all the people that you were just hanging out with on the street corner, like, waiting to see her, were now invited inside of her house and hanging mm-hmm. out with her or, you know. Well, it was, Brittany went on her own campaign of I'm going to destroy this girl, whether she intended it or not. Yeah, it was her. She wanted to look like backwoods. She was like, I want you to see that I'm regular. I'm not some some fabulous bitch. But then we were like, oh, my God, really? Let's see how much more. And she's like, OK, I'll, you want more? I'll give I'll you give more. You. you know, like literally. And I think um, I also like to note when she shaved her head, she asked her her bodyguard to open the window. 
she like right. those are clear for a reason yeah yeah, yeah. esther's esther's hair salon in mm -hmm. tarzana letting you know mm -hmm. right now is yeah. the smallest hole in a wall like you can't even see it from the street where that hairdresser places like it's mm -hmm. literally sandwiched between like a tire shop and a bike store it's well yeah she wasn't going to frederick Bakai. like it was no. 11. she really, was she in not, such a um, moment of like desperation of doing that that it was like the first thing she could see at the end of the street where like k-fed's house is that she was like oh you're not gonna let me see the kids shave my head like i have a question is she not allowed to drive anymore no, no. which was like her favorite thing which and I then that was the part they like clamped down on her like in 2019 when she she drove Sam in the car to yeah. go to In and Out, which was like her favorite thing to do was go to In and Out convertible. And they then she literally disappeared. There's incredible footage from for the record, it's BTS footage that I think in the UK edition is in the full edition, but in America it's like behind the scenes or extra footage. But her dad drives her out to the middle of nowhere. Like, literally the middle of nowhere. Right. And they have a car waiting. And she's like, what are we doing, y'all? And I love for the record because her attitude is on full display. She's yeah. like, what are we yes. doing, y'all? Come on. Where are we going? And they're like, Brittany, it's, it's a surprise. She's like, what kind of surprise? Like, you know? And then she's like, is that my car? Is that my car? Am I, what, what, like, am I driving? And he's like, yeah, baby, I just wanted you to drive today. And she's like, and they're hugging like they're crying. Yeah. Yeah. Because she gets to drive her car. And I'm like, the fact that, like, the one thing that I did miss was how... I have chills from that. Like, how informative for the record was. Like, at the time, I was like, damn, yeah. this isn't enough. But now, looking back, I'm like, bitch, it was everything. Mm -hmm. Because her, because the reason why it was boring, like, the amount of boring that it was, it was because that's what her life was like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There was nothing to tell when she was like, oh, people shave their heads all the time. Like, I think she meant that. She was like, girl, I don't know. I just shaved my fucking head. Like, I mean, yeah, maybe somebody said I had drugs in my hair and maybe I, maybe, my <laughs> you know, I don't know. I just did it. And I really, and like Paris actually has a quote about Britney, which is, I think is so disgusting. I hate Paris for more reasons. One being her saying the N word at that party years ago and it being on camera. Oh my but, gosh. Um, uh, she goes, Britney's like an animal. She wants to do something and she just does it. You tell her to do it. She does it. It's just like, you get to watch her do whatever you say. And I'm like, Wow, bitch. Like, and that lets me know, like, when Brittany was going through it, she's like, oh, my God, girl, you want to hang out? Yeah, right. Try this. Yeah, yeah. try this. Wear this. <laughs> wear this. Don't wear underwear. Don't, don't wear panties, girl. Open your door one leg at a time, girl. <laughs> right. I feel like, um, for me, just because of the driving topic, like, what I really, the moment that I hated the most in the documentary in terms of enraging me was the podcast footage with her brother from as recently as like yeah, I hated that. and I don't know the name of the podcast host where he was where, like whoever he was speaking to it's David something or it was not you know a feminist icon and even he in response to the brother's language about well, you know, the women in our family, they get a mind of their own. And so I understand my father's needs to, you know, curb that. It's like literally this bro podcast host is like, well, that just sounds like basic constitutional rights. I mean, <laughs> it was just I guess it's called As Not Seen on TV podcast. It yeah. was 
that shit, and he's not invited to Tierney Talks. <laughs> ever. Ever. And Britney rec- driving was just the best thing ever. <laughs> I recommend the audience watch that interview because it gives you an insight into Britney's family makeup. I hate that. And the way that even though that she is the man of the family for all intents yeah. and purposes, you know, yeah. like we all have a grandpa who has the money. Britney's the grandpa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah. the brother is like, for one, he validates the conservatorship by saying it's been really good for all of our family. <laughs> yeah, no shit for your bank account. I'm like, can we open up that statement? Can we unpack that? And then after the unconstitutional, or that that's just constitutional statement or whatever, he's like, oh, yeah, I mean, I guess, whatever. And then he says something about, um, so have you ever heard your sister say she doesn't want to be in the conservatorship? And he goes, <laughs> every day. <laughs> yeah, I love that moment. Like, so easily, like, LOL. Like, like the, of course. The lack of seriousness, actually, back to for the record, when the, the lack of seriousness that is applied to what Britney desires is really gross. But even in for the record, remember, she's getting those fake tattoos put on for a womanizer video. And she's like, I'm really unhappy. I'm, no, I'm horribly angry. And everyone's like, Britney, no, you're not. Britney. She's like, no, I'm so unhappy. She's like, they hear me, but they don't really hear me. Yeah. But to watch it in the moment, to see her laughing about it because she couldn't actually say, like, she couldn't break down in front of them. She broke down in the interview that was overlaying that footage. But in that moment, she's laughing with them at herself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because that's how how you survive in spaces like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Like, she can't go around, like, she can't be on a red carpet and be like, help, they're trying to you know, keep me locked up because it'll, it's, that'll be too easy for them to say, oh, you're crazy. Yeah. Right. Totally. And I also want to address, um, I have something to say about Jamie Lynn. Ooh. And Get her, Jade. Back to the Frozen, you know, analogy. I love when Brittany, you know, it's one of the popular veiled messages because in stating Frozen as her favorite movie on Instagram, it gives us the opportunity to understand the lack of parallelism between Jamie Lynn and Brittany as compared to the sisters in Frozen because the sister in Frozen, the protagonist has a very unique gift. She is locked up with her gift in a big mansion and the younger sister is off alienated from her. But unlike Jamie Lynn and Brittany, the younger sister in Frozen, Anna, I watched it for the first time last year. She is actually able to empower herself on a journey to reconnect with her sister, liberate her sister from alienation in a way we haven't seen Jamie Lynn do. But because Saturn raised the very important note of Lou Taylor, um, business person at large, someone that the Free Britney Coalition is very up in arms about right now. Because she also wanted Amanda Bynes to enter a similar or, a, you know, a uniquely tailored conservatorship, I will say that Jamie Lynn is likely, I can't substantiate this with a, you know, police report, but she's dealing with plenty of her own trauma. Jamie Lynn was a Nickelodeon star. Amanda Bynes was a Nickelodeon star. They mm-hmm. share the co-create, the creator of their shows, each of them, as well as all that, Drake and Josh. As soon as Me Too popped off, who was awarded like a 70, 80, 90 million dollar severance, you know, from Nickelodeon. But this guy, Dan Schneider, who created all of those shows, 
if you watch back all of those shows, iCarly even, he had no reason to leave the network given that everything was a huge hit. Almost all of those shows involved the like, not just the hypersexualization of these young girls, but literal like foot fetish close-ups, POV shots. Like even in the Amanda show, there's a moment where a jello mold is made of Amanda's foot and some guy has to eat it. And there's all this like visual sexual referencing that, you know, the industry gossip goes that this guy, Dan Schneider, is a pedophile who is creating all these shows. People say that he's the father of Jamie Lynn Spears' first child from when she was 16, but that the Spears family hired her ex-boyfriend to pretend that it was his baby because he was 18 and then it wouldn't be considered statutory rape. So I villainize Jamie Lynn in one respect in saying she's not as good of a sister, but I also think her and Amanda Bynes are very likely walking around with similar trauma from their time. Oh, yes. In the spotlight. And that's just, like, so fucked up. Yeah. I mean... And how much, like, she has even less power and influence than her own sister who's in the situation. Right. So it has to be, like, a fucked up place to kind of be stuck between. And also, you're dealing with teenage pregnancy and that whole, like, and and having that burden of responsibility in the media on of that on you. Like, I remember my cousins had to learn about sex from my aunt and uncle because... They were like, what do you mean she's pregnant? What does this mean? Because they were, like, obsessed with her show. And my aunt and uncle had to be like, give them the sex ed conversation. And how, mm-hmm. like, devastating that was for them. That they were like, wait, what? Like, you know, Zoe, what? Like, <laughs> the real story. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing, though, about Jamie Lynn, I suspect that there's a lot of weird resentment about Britney, but I think that's where you mess up sometimes with giving your other kids careers in entertainment because Jamie Lynn wasn't special and she wasn't going to be special, baby or not. A lot of those Disney girls like Victoria Justice or whatever, like there's that rumor on, there's that joke on Twitter that she's so jealous of Ariana because she should have had a career too. But I'm like, but babe, you were just pretty. You weren't special. Well, yeah, Katrina and I went to high school with Miss Victoria. We can confirm that. Um, During that time. (laughs) During that time when all that happened, I remember it was like pandemonium when she showed up. Like, because she came to our school when that show was at its height. Right. And then like, like two months in very quickly, that whole Jamie Lynn getting pregnant thing happened and she had to leave our school. I still felt more famous than her and more deserving. Um, But also, the girl from iCarly, the blonde, I'm too old to know this, you know. Samantha somebody. Uh She went on Vine and was like, hey, Dan Schneider, I know you're looking at my Vine, Dan Schneider. This is Evia Michelle Badillo. I will uh, cite my source, but she showed me that Vine. She's just saying the name over and over again in a really perverted way with a similar aesthetic choice you named Saturn, which is like the fucked up makeup as a protest. But in her case, it looked as though it was specifically done to mimic like a post-coital. Like it was like 
smeared in a way of make out or some or yeah well because think that's what those kids learn you learn about what (laughs) your visual means like you know you're not even learning acting you're 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 learning performance you know you're like learning like what what you're giving and like what that means and i think like i feel bad for all of those kids and i mean like even britney like and like all the things that she endured you know like sexually as far as like learning about her sexual autonomy on television and yeah. you know, mm-hmm. but i just jamie lynn i don't like because for one she openly is obsessed with her relationship with lou taylor because lou has given her a research like the whole zoe 101 reboot was um constructed by lou wow and oh. and what the fuck are these people up to because I think they convinced Jamie Lynn that she was supposed to be something. I'm like, baby, you weren't. You weren't. That's this, how your mom was home raising you. You know what I mean? Like, you weren't supposed to do that, but you were begging. You were begging. You were begging. And you got your moment. But I think now there's, like, all this resentment. Like, oh, if I didn't have a baby, I'd have a career. Or if I was, da, da, da. So it's like, yeah, Britney's like in a situation but like whatever like she shouldn't have done her part like i did my thing and she did her thing we both fucked up so we both had to pay the price right like no 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 attitude it's such a fucked up attitude because wasn't there like a brief moment in all of this that jamie lynn was granted the conservatorship powers yeah but i think that was like a britney stunt i think britney was like you know why don't you do it (laughs) and then like i think it didn't work out I think it didn't like actually like, cause Britney uses people like Sam Asghari, I think is like her BFF. Like, I think that's her good girlfriend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Sam, like Sam does work for Britney very much. So like, I think even, okay, yeah. wait, in, in the words of Whitney talking to Oprah, go with me here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a video, there's this YouTube astrologer and he was saying, <laughs> I can't wait. Um, he was saying that he thinks Sam actually is the one that fucked up when Brittany went to the wellness center. That he, like, because you know, he has to report to Jamie. And he was saying that it seems that someone accidentally fucked up in Brittany's world. Like, that's what this card means. And maybe it was Sam. Like, the report was, oh, we went driving. Uh, I mean, we went, because, um, because, because Jamie's not looking at the, you know, at the Google photos. Yeah. He has to hear it or somewhere. And then, like, you know, he probably was like, oh, wait, look up. Let me, can somebody tell me if Brittany was driving? Where, 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 where's the security? You know what right. I mean? And then it was caught. And they were saying, like, oh, that's the part. But he, now he really helps her. Like, he really, like, tries to, like, sneak whatever he can. And I met him this past summer. And, wow. and I, I literally was like, Sam, free Britney. And he goes, just like that. Like, just like that. And I was like, the right. There was a quiet nod of excited affirmation. Yes. I should have told him that I knew Lou Taylor just to scare him. <laughs> you know, yeah, just to see what would happen. Because, <laughs> like, ugh, dark times. But I think, yeah, that documentary really did open up so many so much conversation and i'm so happy that you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah Oof. it was something that needed to be like a pimple that needed popping 
<laughs> so that it can somehow like get the vindication and, and the ability to begin healing from all of the repeated years of people saying, you're crazy, you're thinking about this too hard. And people still who will argue with me, no, she needs them. Maybe Life she is crazy. Up. Maybe she is addicted to drugs. She does need someone to pick up the pieces of her life. Maybe you, you need to step out of it and keep your opinion out of it. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, why don't we say that for all the people who are drug addicts and mm. need help and don't have treatment for it? And like, like how many people grew up with a drug addicted parent? <laughs> like no shade to anybody. No one has to raise their hand. All but like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I know so many people who like didn't have their kids for months and like, you know, like this girl ran a few red lights, you know, this girl like did some shit in, in, a, in a bathroom of a hair salon or something, you know, like, okay. Right. What about yeah. Felicia, you guys? That was we a really love Faye. We love Faye. What have they done to her? Why well, they, she like, is the number one Britney her. fan, and that documentary yeah. like I love proved seeing it. her house. I know. But I don't, but no, no, no. Catch the tea. Lynn helped me decorate because she loves her baby girl so much. Yeah. AKA Lynn came over, dropped off some shit, so you can see how sickening her baby girl is. Yeah. And I just want you to know that she just dropped it off. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it, it didn't look like real decorating. It was just. <laughs> I'm like, y'all could have found somewhere for this shit to go, but it, it gave me the very much sense of scoot this over so I can put that there. <laughs> you know? right. there I felt that. like Liz yeah. just using her as well as a mouthpiece, but it's like, totally. why don't you step up and have a fucking backbone? Well, she did file today that her lawyer from LA, from Louisiana, be able to be in court on Tuesday. I think Lynn is as fucked up in this almost, as not maybe. almost as Brittany. But oh, she yeah. was, but Lynn was like excluded. Like even the way they did Fee was how they did Lynn. Yeah, which yeah. is fucked up because we see how Jamie wasn't even around in the way that those two women were. You know, and so as soon as he got in charge, it was like, all right, Lynn, go home. Well, I when did Jamie and Lynn get a divorce? 2004. That's right. It's just like ultimate revenge in that way as well. Yeah. Yep. You try to my baby from me, so I'm gonna take my baby back. Like it's real sick southern shit. No shade to anybody. But no, it's true though, and it goes into. I hate to say it, but the misogyny that permeates the South is so different than than what I'm sure like any of them ha could have ever. It, it's generational, essentially. Oh, totally. Totally. I mean, yeah. Lynn was a victim of Jamie herself. Yeah. Like, and that she just said, you know what, I need to step out of this or it's going to do even more damage because it's going to show, it's going to make us part of the tabloid thing as well. And we need to focus on Britney. And Right. I mean, think about this. Like, I always say, like, I hate Ginger Spice for leaving the Spice Girls, but like, also... <laughs> But like, also, would the Spice Girls still be entertainer interesting now if if everything had gone well, right? Her right. leaving actually left a door open for years of reunion, years of yeah. career and cashing in opportunities. So I think like, oh, what would have happened if Britney actually said, "Fuck the conservatorship, keep the kids." Right. I don't know that she would have actually, because it's really dark to say this, right? And as a crazy big fan, like. But I'm like, I wonder what would have happened, right? If like 
there was no conservatorship. Like how she was trying to rebel, what that would have led to. Mm, right. Or how deep there does the rebellion go? Especially when you don't have the tools. Because I always say, if this had happened to mm. Beyonce. Blowing my mind. You know, like if this had happened to Beyonce, who had a mom who was strong, yeah. she had the tools to say, ah, I don't feel good. Somebody talk to me and help me. Brittany, all she had the tools to do was, well, let me fuck up the money thing. Let me fuck up the thing that you love so much. Right. So I wonder how long she would have kept trying to fuck it up. Mm-hmm. You know? So at some point, I am like... Like, maybe it worked for a while. Right. And Which, at a certain point, it got that greed and that outside partnership. And then the the corporate nature of it all changed once all of those like contracts started being made you know a year in advance and the perfumes and all that crap well because the tea is jamie's a pawn and that's why i think it's such a fucked up thing and like we can't find out what's going on because jamie's not jamie's not thinking of this no lou previously was the one telling him larry larry rudolph exited stage left a while ago right he was like, oh, see, y'all about to get in trouble. I gotta go. <laughs> I'm not here for this. A true expert. Uh, you know, like that one lawyer, Andrew Wallet, he quit. This was in the documentary, too. Like, he yeah. quit a couple of weeks before the, the, um, before the uh, cancellation of domination because he was like, I fear that there will be irreparable damage to Britney if I continue to be a part of this. Right. And no one's ever, or no, no court has ever tried to unpack that. Why would right. a conservator say I need to leave for this big reason? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So yeah. there is something more nefarious happening as far as like, even the lady who goes back to working for Jamie, I'm like, yeah. How would you go back? And hopefully you go back to try to work out from the inside. But wait, something just hit me. I was reading before we got on this call that her Super Bowl statement this week, uh, today, when she was like, first I was rooting for this side, but then I was rooting for that side. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. like, well, I pay for this lawyer, but then I also pay for this lawyer. Right. She pays for all of them, right? She that pays for all of them. Sickening, that she has to just like pay for this theater of her own oppression so, so uh, deeply. Woo! It's not as though it's a, any of these are cheap lawyers. And no. I felt also that it was a manipulation to have, imagine the fucking salary boost that that woman that lawyer got upon returning to the team, paying from Brittany, but now you're paying to keep her shut up. Like, I don't know. I don't have any good faith in her. And I also think like how crazy to name that tour domination. Like you're just giving Brittany the opportunity to resist. Um, when, like when I watched that footage of her just walking in Vegas, it was wild. Like very little else does. Like it's a wild feeling. It looks exactly like sitting there in that room I was telling you, where she's just yeah. sitting in it. It was that, but like I, finally someone could see it like in video. I watched that shit in real time. I was going through something that week, and that was supposed to be the highlight of my week. Like I was like, yeah. I'm gonna watch Brittany announce something, you know, and yeah. literally. I remember the way the camera was cutting because I love Brittany because the protesting is so great. She gets up, she comes out of the thing, she goes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And I was like, she's, she's like, 
Like she's trying on a dress at wet seal. Literally, she's just like. <laughs> she's like, this is so silly. I can't believe you guys all showed up. Like, I don't yeah. even want to celebrate. <laughs> Literally. I mean, or it's like, you know, they, well, you know, somebody was like, all right, girl, so you're going to come up through and you just need to look like sickening. Oh, you know, probably, yeah. Like as she was coming up the riser, she was, she got in the riser, a cunt. Soon as, as soon as she got up, she was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> here I am, y'all. Totally. Yeah. This shit again. You know, and they had had this whole thing rehearsed and just nothing happened. Like, that's how you know it's so fucked up. Because I'm like, who, who doesn't announce, who has an announcement like that and doesn't announce it? And if you remember the first announcement for Vegas, she was supposed to perform in the desert. It was big, she, right? All those people with the banner. And, oh, but, but then she does the interview and they're like, Brittany, something happened in the, in the helicopter. She's like, yeah, I threw up <laughs> and just looks at the interviewer. And actually one of my favorite quotes is in that interview because they were like, so you have a new album coming out. We have we heard your song work, bitch. What's your favorite song of the album? She goes, um, I don't know, the perfume one. Wow. <laughs> like, she must hate the song work, bitch. Oh, she doesn't sing it. That album is so sickening because I just imagine them bringing songs to her and she's like, nope. <laughs> yeah. No, I won't sing. And literally she didn't sing on them. Some of them have half vocals, like she did a demo. Yeah. They get that girl Maya Marie to come in and finish it. Like this documentary did a lot, but I, There's so much for everyone watching, watch the deep dive documentaries. It's like deep dive free Britney. They mm -hmm. go through every minute and moment of the fucked upness because it's so nuanced. Yeah. It's yeah. so, so. The way real life is. Exactly. The way real life is. It, it didn't just go, she did this, and that's why she's in this situation now. Mm -hmm. It's like things actively working against her in little ways that have built up into this over time. Mm -hmm. Someone else's plan for how they imagine that they could just keep her locked away yeah. by continuing the crazy narrative they yeah. the smallest things like literally the baby on her lap like i know that i mean that's in the past but just we're like country we do that we're country like, my dad did it with me i believe that though entirely the and levels. also she's probably going from fucking point doom to point doom starbucks like yeah not as though i plan to have a baby and you know drive it around in my lap but it's like i didn't grow up in kentwood louisiana Right. And but also, if you were from L.A. and you could see what was going on, you would see that they're going to fucking push her over and she's going to fall with the baby if she doesn't get in the car as soon as possible. Right. Like, that's the severe, that's the liability more so than her behavior. That, yeah, that would be the nuance of mm -hmm. a situation like that. Yeah. And then she was sitting there crying. Well, that day is funny because... If you've ever watched that video of her dropping, well, almost dropping Sean Preston, is yeah. she has a drink in her hand. And she doesn't, I mean, this sounds like I'm like betraying her, but like she doesn't drop the drink. No. <laughs> She's right. not betraying her. That's my point. Like, yeah, I'm like, down to say really She bad also didn't drop the baby. I like the really bad stories. Me too. But she everybody, yeah, everybody I, has, yeah, a parent I, who has done that. 100. I a podcast where. These two girls were like, you know, Brittany, she never even did drugs. Like, she maybe took Adderall. I'm like, bitch, Brittany did meth. Brittany did coke. Brittany did E. Like, that doesn't make her a bad person. That doesn't make her 
deserve to have a conservatorship. Like it doesn't, you know, just like you're mentioning Saturn, like plenty of people's parents do drugs. Plenty of people's parents have fits, go, you know, yeah. So Plenty of people have a college day. experience yeah. and and have the opportunity to do that away from prying eyes or their families knowing. Right. Mm-hmm. Like some of the most heartwarming pictures of her are in the blackout phase. She's out all night yeah. with Paris. And then at like 7 a.m. the paparazzi catch her with her her weave a mess with like her eye makeup running from the night and she's pushing Sean Preston in a swing at a park. Because she was like, you know what? I am going to go out. I am going to have a good time. Okay, my baby's about to get up. I got to go home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She goes and gets her baby, and she's on her come down, and she's pushing him in a swing. So what? Oh, my God. Yeah. That's such a beautiful moment. You know, like, that's what she cares about. She's like, all right, y'all, I'm high enough. I got to go home. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. Like, Thank y'all for the good times. Somebody call me a car, you know? <laughs> I know. And, and it's so funny, like how you were mentioning earlier, Nico, like the way that Diane Sawyer and the Jay Leno's and those people would talk about her after she made them money right. by coming onto the show and being mm-hmm. a respected guest, mm-hmm. you know, how, how shitty they talked about her after and like how that still happens today. And it takes something to see it later out of context to be like, yeah. oh, that was problematic. And there's been times, especially over this pandemic, that I've been like reevaluating all these like pop culture things that I love and I think have shaped me. And one of them is going back and watching a full uh, music or MTV or some American Music Awards, something like that in its entirety, unedited. And it is so disturbing now. And there are glimpses where Britney is in it. And and the whole joke is reinforcing that, like, rape culture of, okay, like, she comes out to perform, or, or she comes out to, you know, present an award, and then she'll strip all her clothes off and be like, okay, that feels better. And, like, mm-hmm. even if that is true, and she is thought it was funny and, and all this other stuff, it's like, from the moment she walks up, you know, it's like LL Cool J standing there, like, licking his lips and and looking her up and down and did it it's like you don't know if her boyfriend is watching you don't I, we don't know if you have a girlfriend or a wife or like you're just reinforcing this character that mm-hmm. you that you are being like this virile strong man like who could overwhelm her with your sexuality and like had they just put her as like a placeholder there in so many of those award shows but then by the time it got to her performance, she knew that she was commanding the whole stage. She was commanding everyone in that audience. And that her dancing never messes up. Her lip syncing never messes up. Like, yeah. <laughs> period. She, it, it was still the best part of the show. And everybody is glued to that moment. And we still talk about those performances today. We do. Even the performance of the LL Cool J thing. Like, I always say, like, Britney was down, like, when I give people, like, an overview, like, a quick overview, I'm like, mm. listen, she was down for the shit early on, okay? She was like, what am I going to look like? We're going to talk about my boot. Okay, whatever, like, you know, I'm right. going to go to nail. We're going to make a joke about it. It's fine. Who cares? 2004, she was like, all right, child, I'm going to go home. And they were like, what? No. Right. You're not I going home. I think because then you could still see that in her mind, she's like, oh, my homie, like, 
you know, and, and this person, like, they know who I really am. I'll, I'll just go party with Rick James or whoever later on. Like, they know the real me. <laughs> but, like, she was in cahoots with, like, her managers and constructing her image and everything, and she was down. But when she wanted to go home and quit and have her babies, they were like, I don't think so. So she was like, all right, I'm a Mary Kay fit. They were like, okay, cool, you got married. Let's go to work. Okay, I'm pregnant. Okay, well, in nine months, you're going to go back to work. Okay, I'm pregnant again. Okay, fuck, nine months from after this, you're going to work. If you look, she, she gave birth to Jaden James in September of 2006. Larry had her in Vegas working in November of that year. Yeah. Like, yeah. she had just gotten divorced, and to him, that was like, oh, great. We can rehab your image. I'm like, baby, her baby is like, new you know by like, the time for the record came out she i remember saying to myself like she seems like someone who wants a break she seems it, like someone who doesn't want to do this right now that was like four years of begging for a break her thinking if i start a family they'll leave me alone if i have babies they'll leave me alone damn it now my husband wants to like literally i would love in her documentary that she does when she speaks i want her to be like i did not marry kevin for him to have a career <laughs> I'm ready right. to be my husband and be at home and shut the fuck up. Right. He didn't. <laughs> you know, like, he, he all of a sudden was like, I have money now. No, you have my money. Like, I want her to just go off. You know, I want her to really admit, like, yeah. I, was I can't that. wait for the tell-alls. I can't wait for the book. Yeah. I like how Felicia was, like, um, sort of giving us a precursor. She's like, I know she's going to tell her story one day. And I can't wait for that, too. And Saturn, you were saying in the your talk the other night how she's teasing us with Rose. That's what I was going to ask you too. Can you tell us more about that? Because I I that noticed that so as I I haven't stopped thinking the, about it. There was roses everywhere. Yeah. So actually, I just listen, I just listened to Eat Eat Pray Britney today. It's a podcast that I enjoy. Um, they were mentioning that they were actually asked to participate. And they said the time that they were asked to participate was late summer, which is when Brittany announced that she had a Project Rose coming out. And everyone was like, and this is before the court document said that she didn't want to work. We knew that she had said that because it was like yeah. in the press. Yeah. So we were like, well, you don't want to work right now. So what, what could Project Rose be? Like, I know you're not really just going to show us a bouquet, like, 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 like a bouquet of roses and say this is it. Right. But we That's still crazy. just like, yeah. So we still just like didn't know. And so before I watched the documentary, I saw on Twitter that a fan was like, what if this is Project Rose? And I was like, huh. Oh. Okay. But, you know, there was no proof there. So I'm watching it with my friend and... They're on there at the end. And, you know, I'm into media and like movie and performance and I create. So I knew how things could be structured. So I was like, as soon as they got to her in the bathtub with the rose soap, I was like, bitch, if they ended here. Exactly. That is a clear sign that mama was involved. Yeah. Or enough, they ended it there. And what also gave it away was they go. We reached out to Jamie, Lynn, everybody in her family, all of her management. And they don't include her. They, well, yeah, but they also said, they all said no. Then they do another page and it says, it's still unclear if Brittany received our messages. Mm -hmm. The wording of that was so particular because it's like, yeah. how is it unclear? You either reached out and you didn't get a response 
you reached out and you did, you know, like you like because somebody right. gave them all that, right? Yeah. Well, the second I heard you say that the other day, and then the documentary opened up with the Easter egg of the rose as like the very first frame, yeah. and I was like, oh my god, that's so crazy, like. And I'm almost afraid to say it out loud because I'm like, as dumb as her team has been, this obviously is going to open their eyes to like just more like conversation around it because they really believed for so long that they could just say it was they were doing a good job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like even suing Sam Lefty in 2019, I'm like, girl, Sam ain't doing shit to this girl. Right. With the restraining <laughs> order, which only acts as though he's crazy again. Right. You know? And so I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I, now they're going to have to come to terms with the public knowing a little bit of something. But I'm also like, if they find out about Project Rose and her messaging, what happens? So I'm just a little like, that's why I was like, she's getting cocky. And I'm like, uh, hold on, wait, 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 wait. Okay. <laughs> maybe she'll pivot or maybe there won't be need to because, I mean, this is the optimistic bend. Because a week ago or a month ago, 2020 was a tough year. I would have never expected the gift to look forward to of the mainstreaming of this conversation, the like amplification today. You know, you mentioned Vanessa Carl, yeah. Sam Sparrow, Sarah Jessica Parker. Megan McCain. Yeah, she loves <laughs> oh. um, she loves but, pop culture, you know, she's- you But know, I'm like, gay. go ahead and say it on The View. Uh, you're right. Like the fact that you like, you all are mentioning that we're gonna, in our hearts, we finally believe that there truly will be a time where Britney isn't using symbolic information and yeah. the funniness of the rose too, right? Is like, isn't the rose, I'm not an expert, so don't go ahead and come for me if I'm botching this, but like, I'm pretty sure roses are used as like a democratic socialist symbol. Yeah. And I do think last year there was a lot of like memification of Britney, like supporting socialist ideals, which I don't yeah. actually think, you know, that she's like, socialism works but it's like her as that worker who understands what it's like to be a complete uh victim of the capitalist machine once again it's like very interesting maybe i'm the idiot and she's like bitch that's why i chose the rose you know who knows i will say what she did choose i meant to tell you guys this earlier that february 6th 5th 8th one of these days is the 13th anniversary of the beginning of the conservatorship so this came out yeah. at, at an intentional time as well wow. as, as as well as this thursday she has a court case which she's already, she's requested for everything to be opened yeah she said she, like, 13 years 13 yeah. 13 of course it's that he's allowed to dictate who she sees who she dates when she can go places and then people were like making fun of her for spending like eighty thousand dollars in one year at target and it was like yeah that's all she's allowed to do well, <laughs> like was go to the pretty target she's making a million dollars a week in vegas so right well i mean the, she's well, not given access it's just like it's the same thing with Anna Nicole. I'm gonna wrap us up, you guys. And in doing that, I will draw a parallel important to me, which is it's like in the court cases with Anna Nicole that were so widely publicized, you're like, um, the people who would who were against her in court were constantly 
emphasizing that she wanted to spend only a hundred thousand dollars at Christmas and like using appealing to the jurors trying to act like that's like an exorbitant amount of money it's like yeah it is to me right now based on my net worth or the general American public eighty thousand dollars at Target if if people with no money can spend five hundred dollars at Target imagine having hundreds of millions of dollars like I know like there is expensive shit at Target (laughs) I will also say that today is I believe the also, like the conservatorship aligns, it's the day of Anna Nicole Smith's passing. R.I.P. Um, Anna. Bless uh, her. R.I.P. Vicki Lynn Hogan. Exactly. Uh, and um, that was such a good special, also on at the same night, the yeah, 2020 special. 2020. I didn't like it, but that's something else. But what I want to say is that the 48 hours before Britney shaved her head, she was anticipating meeting up with her mom, not for like a formal check-in, but like basically like an is your mind right moment and getting evaluated, you know, by this parental figure. She was fresh out of rehab in Antigua. Um, That was owned by Eric Clapton. And instead of reporting to her family, like she was supposed to, um, Brittany would like basically was barricading herself in her car, driving around, shooting Red Bull after Red Bull, chain smoking, and obsessively listening to news radio about Anna Nicole Smith's death. And she was Woo! deeply preoccupied with Anna Nicole Smith's passing and had that fearful anxiety that that would be her own fate. She was becoming obsessed with that. And I feel like Yes, we are so lucky she's alive. And that's literally something I deeply celebrate because mm-hmm. what she's been through, like um, her fate wasn't the same. She didn't lose her life. But in many ways, when I think of Anna Nicole, I think she must have more peace now than she did in yeah. her life here. And yeah. with Brittany, who's to say that's the case? You know, she's we're lucky she's alive with everything she's endured. but she's been instead of like 13 years of peace you know she's had 13 years of like suspended torment so damn so glad that brighter days seem like they're coming emily who's listening said Brittany and anna are both sagittarians and Mm -hmm. anybody who listens to my podcast knows that they love freedom yeah, they love freedom. They're the most creative. They're the most fun. And I love them both so much. Talk about an amalgamation of who I became today. <laughs> um, I support all of you so much. I'm so glad that you came here tonight. Thank you so much Thank for you. putting this support group together. Um, I will... If there's any final thoughts from any of you, um, the time is yours. Can I share something from Brittany's Instagram? Mm -hmm. Please. So she says, with a picture of a rose that is resting in between pages of a book. Some say they smell the fragrance of roses while communicating with angels in prayer or meditation. Did you know? I didn't either. P.S. Angels use rose scents as signs of their spiritual presence because roses have energy fields 
that vibrate at a high electrical frequency, the highest of any flower on earth. P-S-S-S-S-S. In other words, buy some damn roses. <laughs> <laughs> buy some roses, okay? Wow. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. I love that. I just want to end in saying um, the world is watching, in the words of Brittany. Keep watching, keep paying attention, as with all other things that we are championing, you know, focus on um, balance and uh, the restoration of justice. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. And I think that is important to bring up because I think that I'm not speaking from, I have so many privileged identities, you know, but I can imagine that for people who aren't Britney fans, who perhaps have a, who don't have the same societal privileges I have, that perhaps the mobilization around free Britney could seem like callous in a world where we have to fight and scream for Black Lives Matter and Trans Lives Matter and um, a number of other social issues that are so urgent. So it's definitely what you're saying. It's like balance and there's room for all of these. I'm not equating the importance of one person, but it's just like, there's room for everyone's freedom, hopefully, one day in our society. And this is just one microcosm of it. Totally. Yeah. I, mean, I did. If, if you guys have a moment to spare, I was going to pull an oracle card for us. Oh. Like, me. just to, for the energy that. of the room. Okay, yeah, let me grab it. I think you had something to say or no? Oh, I was just going to say something that I say to that. And I, it's, yeah, same statements as you as far as like it doesn't equate or anything. But I've, I've often used in arguments, look at what white men do to their daughters. Right. Ugh. Just dot com. So titled. Look at what they do to everyone. Look at what they do to everybody. But to but, your but, daughter but, says but, it all. Yeah, like, yeah. but look what you do to your daughters. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so what do I, like, I really got to kick some ass because if this is what you do to your, to your daughters, oh, I got to, like, you know? Like, yeah. So. Okay. Thank you for that. Yeah. I'm just going to pull a random. Okay. It says, <sighs> anxiety. <sighs> I see chains. I see electricity. I see that Sagittarian fire. Mm -hmm. wow. I see arms extending to the heavens, looking for someone to pull them up. But then you see the keys down here at the bottom. <sighs> there. What were you going to say, Saturn? I was going to say, look at the keys. Like, wow, what a card. Yeah, right? Because you know mom has anxiety. <laughs> right. The book for this card specifically states, it happens to everyone. We get caught up, nervous, anxious. What can you do right now to feel better? I feel like maybe that's a message, like, not only for us, obviously, but in that, it's like it's saying maybe she, by finally getting people to talk about this, she has been living her life daily in this anxious cycle of when am I going to be able to talk about it? When can other people, like, see the truth of it and and not just stop gaslighting on, like, oh, she's crazy, oh, she's this, oh it's good for her, like, 
Nobody knows what's best for her except her. Mm-hmm. She's going to eat the girls up. The girls are going to gag. It's going to be beyond incredible. She's going to be like, she's going to hit every mark, you know? She'll probably like do a VMA performance and then never perform again, which I would live. She's like, fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I thought, I think that's a good card to remind us, like, oh my God, even in the anxiety so of the situation and wanting everything to be, like, wanting her to be free tomorrow. Yeah. We don't know what's best in that situation, but we do know that there are going to be people on the other side there to these keys at the bottom to help her yeah. unlock like and that's something like, she's always also expressing she's like doesn't matter how bad it is like stay positive exactly. you know keep keep working on soothing yourself and whatever you can be doing it what takes if- me to the somersaults and the painting and the poems and imagine the how hikes. beautiful all of that is we all can have a very, 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 very small and different taste of that with like just the change in our social lives and world with the pandemic, like finding solace in the littlest things at home, but imagine having to. And being like, it's okay to, yeah, being like, it's okay to make yourself feel better in this moment. Stop making yourself feel guilty for doing something that isn't going to bring monetary value not everything needs monetary value in our generation we can just do something and enjoy it without making it and if someone knows that it's britney but yeah what's more american than spending your life you know i think about it with anna nicole like she spent her entire life fighting for a fucking dime and britney was successful she was the antithetical to that and then she has to fight for her life to not spend it that way it's wild right um Thank you so much for that Oracle pool. It was so good. Thank um, you for letting me. Of course. I love that. And if anyone, if any of the non-video participants have a question that you want to put in the chat or, um, you know, turn your mic on right now and share, we can have a few minutes of that, but no pressure. This has been a full movie length conversation. <laughs> I can keep going for weeks and weeks with you guys. I'm like, I should make my Britney class public. Like, just open up the YouTube. uh, uh, Weekly. Patreon. Do do it for, like, a UCLA, like, 101. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) not 101. It has to be a master's 600. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, someone legitimately did that for the Kardashians. Oh, yeah, I saw them Skype in. I'm reading the literal worst unauthorized Kardashians biography right now, but it's so juicy. Um, I hope we can EP Britney's next. Britney, I hope you listen. You know, when the Britney's podcast, no shade to Tess Barker. She was in the movie. She's really funny. I've done a few different, like, comedy shows with her. But, like, when Britney's Graham started... I was just like, Nico and I are scholars of Britney and half that <laughs> is a sham, so fuck her gram. But then look what it like created. Like they literally were getting tips that propelled this forward. So I definitely express gratitude yeah. and acknowledge my shifting attitudes towards that. Same. And Britney sees things that her fans do. Like we said with the burner phone situation, I know people in the past like 
sort of, I don't know if you guys know like the Discord app, but that's kind of like a newer version of what this was. And it's sort of like a mixture of forum and AOL Instant Messenger. And Brittany did like sign on as a secret alias to like a purely Brittany fan account. And there was somebody who recorded it and it's her voice and she's pretending to be someone else but they're all they're all asking her what it's like to be her and the conservatorship and everything and she's like full-on talking to to mega fans in this like private dark web corner wow uh, yeah um i love you should do a weekly clubhouse chat about Brittany. I know. oh my I god you do this on clubhouse actually and i chose zoom but maybe we can reconvene on there sometime i would I love that yeah. there's so much more to say about her yeah and it would give me a good reason to play on clubhouse i don't i haven't liked it there yet i felt personally i didn't do it on clubhouse because the barrier to access since so i've personally if anybody Ooh. wants to invite uh i can't give mine away nobody i know is wanting it but um well and the app crashes when you get too many people going it's oh it's God, weird the last time i tried it <laughs> it was crashing a lot but maybe they fixed it um yeah i it's funny um i should well it doesn't matter no one cares but me because like what? l magazine had someone there had written me like all, not quite inviting me, but basically feeling out like, what if I wanted to do this for Mel on Clubhouse? Mm. I was like, the notion that I would <laughs> license my Britney discourse, our Britney discourse, you know, um, mm -hmm. to an entity made for men, let alone just any entity. I was like, oh, fuck no. But on our own terms, mm -hmm. on Clubhouse, maybe. Yeah. I'm yeah, I, just, I just had a, a like a premonition of like guys coming in the room being like, I mean, that bitch crazy. She's hot though. Like, I don't. <laughs> none. <laughs> Why do I feel like she gives me such a strong non-binary vibe too. I know oh, I she's always been that, like that beacon of like that perfect tomboy who presents divine femininity and masculinity in her alphaness mm -hmm. yeah who's to say when she's had no like freedom it applies to gender too <laughs> so. mm -hmm. yeah well i don't care what britney identifies as saturn you will always be my favorite non-binary pop star um for more keep following all of us at Let's look, what are your acts at Saturn Rising? Is that it? Yeah, the G is a nine, so Saturn Rising Saturn nine. Saturn Rising nine. We got Nico the Icon with K's in both um, the Nico and the Icon. We've got Queen Katrina with K's as well in the Q, typically in Queen and in Katrina and you bitches must know me. I think we're the only ones left. Or oh no, there's some. Hey, star seven. Yeah, and you know some people that could have thought I would change that to something less, you know, two thousands internet. But um, <laughs> right, not me. No. We uh, we didn't even talk about the origin of that tyranny, and your 
origin story. Music, your music career. And I know. And really, what about how the first time you and Katrina hung out was literally when I was going to perform Britney. But that'll be for the next edition. Exactly. That's on Clubhouse. <laughs> oh my God. And I was thinking of that, Katrina, when early on you were like, people were even moving to LA to pretend they were like these girls. I was like, us. Yeah. We're dressed up as Amy Winehouse. I'm Brittany. Nico's like people thought we were legitimately as crazy as Britney when we were in high school. They thought we were damaged. There were rumors. Like, oh yeah, they thought we were doing like bags on bags. Meanwhile, I went to every club with every Hollywood bitch, and I tried coke at a house party in Sherman Oaks. So, I had never even tried a drug or alcohol till I was like twenty-one. Oh my God, Katrina, wait, I know this is bad. This is so personal. But the very first time you and I ever hung out outside of school, it was like a fucking PSA. It was a fucking after school special because I'm a bad girl. I was always the one getting people to do bad. Like, not bad. I'm always the mom of the group. But this was a new low because it was unsuspecting. It was some girls that I felt were very nerdy that were just a little bit older than me. I think they're in your group. Yeah. Yeah. They're at the house. Names redacted. Names redacted because I could barely remember half of them. And these (laughs) unsuspecting nerdy chicks all start inhaling the whippets, the computer cleaner, like the air cleaner. And it was so shocking to me and my dad picked me up and dropped you off at your house yeah I remember someone was trying to drunkenly drive us we were like we don't want to go to Wendy's <laughs> I just I was like I want to go to school cute. tomorrow morning please like <laughs> because so often I'm like an insider of debauchery in those kind of <laughs> drug and alcohol ways so I love this moment of I was literally like I need to go home. I've read about these scenarios. Okay. I know. Love you all. Um, Saturn, let's, you know, let's all reconvene, but we're going to need your, as a paralegal, we're going to need your take on Brittany's documents coming up in court this Thursday. We're going to have to see it. down. I would love for us to all have a like post pandemic night out that we just, take the whole place over make it britney themed we'll put mm-hmm. spoken word performance pieces drag yeah. we'll do all of it tiger heat britney night at tiger heat those are the best nights of my life the and best congratulations to you saturn on some bitch was here that was so beautiful yes thank you thank you thank you all for being there oh, wait. i love the chaotic vibe of it too that was yeah that was a whole With your kevin with black kevin literally so thank y'all for being there honestly can i just say one more thing please saturn i could not get that out of my head what i watched i've never seen anything like that in my life (laughs) or what you know your interview afterwards which was just as interesting um i think it would be so freaking cool to see you play britney spears in a movie yeah let's do it you would nail it and just not we have we don't need an explanation i wrote a britney movie already so i never thought about starring in it but you might have just done something i'll produce it period okay we'll talk about this (laughs) someone commented please if you're really able to 
do something for her. Every time it's a heartbreak to see her in this position, what can we do to help? You know, um, uh, I'm thinking of a song lyric, but I, yeah. there's a lot of things we can do. It's in the music. You know what song the lyric haunts me? What? Hey, Brittany, <laughs> you say you want to lose control. What about this one? What am I to do to win my life? We'll find it out. Don't worry. I'm not supposed to know what's right. You just got to do it your way. I can't help the way I feel because my life has been so protecting. There must be another way. It's crazy. I mean, we, we're ending, but <laughs> it's crazy how many of her songs talked about this before the breakdown. Uh-huh. Like, and how like, she was going to taking release. on new meaning. How was, she was going to release a full album once they clamped down on the conservatorship. She was going to release like an Alanis Morissette type album that please. we've never got to hear that she actually created. And then they were like, no, 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 no. You're not doing this. Those songs it's are the best when she's doing it. Those songs are still coming. I think so. The album I want to hear yeah. is the full rock album Mariah recorded that she talks about in her book. <laughs> I love that mm-hmm. shit. Same. Where but it was just for fun, like for quick kicks in the studio. Okay. I want it though. I need it. I do. We all love to rock. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, this is recorded. Are you all comfortable with it being shared? Would love that. Yes. Fabulous. Well, I hope it saves appropriately. <laughs> <laughs> I recorded it too. Hopefully, it's, I, the sound levels and everything will work out. So it Sounds pretty good. Thank you so much for doing that. Uh, Thank you. I, I had love such you a all. great time. Love Thank you, you all. Okay. The unique contributions. In the words of Bridget, God bless you all. God bless Um, all y'all. Thank you. To to quote Tupac, the rose that grew from concrete. Hey! I want to see that movie. What movie? (laughs) What do you mean all the partying, Kevin? (laughs) Yes, it is. Right. Oh man. Look how Love you all. I know it's so hard. I'm just like, I gotta end it. I gotta do it. <laughs> all right. No, you hang up. No, you do. No, you Howard, you hang up. <laughs> oh my god. You guys are the bomb. Bye. Bye. Everybody. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Tierney Talks. I'm Tierney Finster, and I'm sending you nothing but love from Los Angeles. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at TSTAR7. And please, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Our show music is Let Me Love You by Dis Fantasy, featuring Margot Padilla and Brittany Love. 
Today's show was recorded and edited by Margot Padilla and hosted and produced by me. Until next time, XOXO. XO.